0: Hello Rock Church. How are you doing today? Morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want to say hello to all the campuses uh, on North County, East County, uh, City Heights, San Ysidro. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being God. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are there for us all 24-7. We pray for our church today. We pray for the Farron family. Lord, I pray for the people today who you are going to Deliver. We pray that you would deliver people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, On Monday, past our worship pastor in the San Isidro campus, Will Ferrum took his life. He served there as a volunteer. I've known him for over 15 years, dedicated his daughter. It was one of the first babies we dedicated here at The Rock. This has been a shock to, obviously, his family, our church family, San Isidro campus. Our prayers go out to his, his wife, his daughters, his sons, his parents, his family. Obviously, there's a lot of questions people have that, questions about the situation. That's all his family's private business. But today, I want to minister to you the best I can. I want to encourage his family. Psalm 3015, weeping may endure for a night or two nights for years. Joy comes in the morning. I realize that most people who take their life, they uh, suffer from some form of mental illness or depression, ninety percent. So, what I want to talk about today: Are the people listening right now in our church, in our community, that you are suffering? And the devil has you suffering alone in silence. We've had so many people ask so many questions about mental illness, suicide, etc. And today, the best I can, I want to encourage you to trust God and not suffer in silence. We want to do the best we can on all our campuses to create a opportunity for you to get the help that God has for you. I want to read a story to you if you could turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I was praying about what to say today. God gave me this story. Very simple. I just want to read it to you. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Again he entered in Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that Jesus was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Can everybody say four men? Can everybody say four men? men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And When they had broken through, they let him down on the bed, which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus saw their faith. He said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man blaspheme like this? Who can forgive sins except God alone? Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easy to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up his bed, went out from the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this before. In this story, Jesus is in the house having a Bible study, and the house is full of people. No one can get in the house. And there's a man who's paralyzed. He cannot walk. He cannot get himself to Jesus. And so his four friends pick him up. And they carry him up to the roof. In those days, people would lounge on the roof. There were ladders and stairs that went to the roof outside the house. And people would go on top of the house. So it was common to be able to get to the roof of the house from the outside. So they took him up to the roof, and the roof was made of clay and straw. And they said, we're going to dig a hole in the roof and let you down. And I wasn't there, obviously, but I'm sure the guy said, no, you're not. <laughs> and they said, you're paralyzed. nothing you can do about it. You're going to just lay there, and we're going to low you down to Jesus. And they brought him to Jesus. And I was thinking about this story about these four friends. And each one of those four friends representing a truth about all of us. That all of us are on that stretcher. All of us are in need of help. Number one, what you suffer from, I suffer from. I know that mental illness has a stigma that you have to, there's something wrong with you. You know, when you get a cough, you go to the doctor and there's medicine for you. When you get cancer, you go to the doctor and there's treatment for you. When you break your leg, you go to the doctor. But when someone has mental illness, depressed, lonely, bipolar, and I'm not applying any of these things to anybody's particular. But 90% of the people who take their life are suffering from something like this, and there's so many others suffering silently sitting in all of our campuses right now, sitting online, watching online, standing in front of you. And many people feel too ashamed to talk about it. We've gotten so many questions, you know, can you be a leader and suffer from this? Can, can, is there a healing? Can God heal you? Yes, God can heal you. Can, can, is it wrong to go to a doctor? Absolutely not. It's not wrong to go to a doctor. And many people say, well, oh, just pray about it. When you break your leg, you don't just pray about it. And every single one of us can be on that stretcher and in need of help. If 1 First John 1.8 says, I apologize. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I've talked to so many people who have suffered silently and feel like there's something wrong with them that they cannot share with other people. Let me tell you something. You're just a sinner just like everybody else, and your illness is not a sin. It is not a sin to be sick. It is human. We are all sinners, and we are all in a sinful body that is decaying. And what breaks my heart is all of the people who are suffering silently hearing voices in their head that there's a problem too big to handle, And that the only solution is to take your life. Taking your life is not a viable solution. It does not solve the problem. God does not want you to do that. We always have hope. My daughter has suffered from depression and anxiety for 11 years. She lives in our house. We live with it every day. She spent days and days on a regular basis in her room, in her hole as they say. And we felt so helpless to fix it. It has been hell for us. We understand. She has had times of being suicidal. And I've been standing up here preaching to you when times knowing that she just told me she wanted to end her life. This is very real to us. And I know it's very real to a lot of you out there. And you do not need to be ashamed. We want to help you, and at the end of the service, we want to call you to come and get, step out of your bed and say, "I want help." And by the way, whether it's you have you feel lonely, you feel depressed, you you're in fear. Whenever I go on Periscope on the uh, online on my uh, live video feed online that I do, people will say, "I I have so much fear. It's a spirit from the devil. He's a liar." And he wants to divide and conquer and destroy your life. But God gives you hope. And every single one of us are in this with you. And as they carried this guy, they were telling this guy, listen, I could easily be on that stretcher. Today is my day to help you. And I want to tell you that what you have, we have. You do not need to be ashamed. You do not need to be ashamed. If I say I'm suffering from this and suffering from that, I can't be in leadership. I can't serve. That is garbage. I wake up many days not wanting to get out of bed. I wake up many days hearing voices in my head saying, Give up, you're a failure, it's not working. All the time. But yet, God, but yet, God, you have to fight that battle every single day. And I cannot believe there's not many people in here that don't hear that, so you are not alone. The Bible says, God will never tempt you beyond what you could take. That's right, never. You should never, ever, you will never, ever be burdened where you, where you can't take it, where you can't reach out to God and somebody. And I would encourage you all who will watch Facebook and look at all this news about how everybody else's life is so great. And then the voice says, your life is not that great. Let me tell you something. What you're reading is not true. <laughs> I'm not saying people don't have stuff going on in their life, but don't start comparing yourself to all the people. That's the devil saying, look, you're not that. You're not that. You weren't made to be that. God wanted you to be who he called you to be. Don't let the devil get you confused. We want to help. People think, well, you know, if I got, if I got depressed, I'm, I'm going crazy. <laughs> Anybody here not crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you ever thought you were going crazy. <laughs> Come on now. And let me tell you something. This is a fact. If you think you're going crazy, you're not crazy. Only truly crazy people don't think they're crazy. <laughs> Thinking you're crazy is a sign that you're sane. <laughs> for real, I tell my wife all the time I'm going crazy. She says, you know, well, well yeah, well maybe for you. <laughs> Depression, mental illness, bipolar is an illness, it's not sin. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's physical components, there's hormonal components, there's chemical components. It's so complicated, but there's a spiritual component. And if this is, if one thing can come of this, is that we all start talking about it. Number two, the other guy carrying the paralytic, says when you suffer, what you suffer from does not define who you are. What you suffer from does not define who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I talk to alcoholics all the time, and I know many of you listening right now are alcoholics. And whenever I meet alcoholics, they tell me they're an alcoholic. And I know in your AA meetings, they tell you to stand up and tell how long you've been sober. And you'll say, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic, and I've been sober so-and-so years. You are not an alcoholic. You are a child of God. I did cocaine in the past. I'm not a cocaine addict. I'm not an addict. I'm a child of God. And the devil wants you to identify with your ugly past. And yes, it was ugly. Can I get an amen? My past was ugly. There's things about my present that are ugly. But that's not who I am. And God told Abraham, you are no longer Abram. You are no longer exalted father. By the way, that's a good title. But I got a better title for you, you're a father of many nations. I'm changing your name. God changed your name. Your name is Christian. You are little Christ. That's who you are. You don't need to stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. You are cured. You are healed. God has forgiven you. God has cleansed you. God has given you a new future. And there's so many of you who you've had things happen to you. And the devil keeps reminding you of what you are and what that made you. And God says, let me tell you what I want to turn you into. And you have to decide what are you going to, how are you going to define yourself. That's not who you are when you kill kill yourself. (laughs) You are not doomed. People say, well, do people who take their life go to hell? God forgave your sin. That's not a sin God doesn't forgive. You go to heaven. But if you're walking with God, you're full of hope. Taking your life does not solve your problems, it causes more problems. It brings pain to everybody you know. God will not forsake you, but that's not what he wants you to do. He wants you to reach out to him. It is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Your problem you have today, the burden you have today is temporary. And we all have to walk through this life together. And that brings me to my next point. We all need one another. I have leaned on counselors for decades. What does that mean? That I have people in my life who counsel me. What are they doing? They help me understand me. Because I'm complicated. You are complicated. (laughs) It is no shame. I say it all the time, and the reason I say it all the time is 100% for your sake. Because if you feel like, you know what, I don't want to go get help, I can't go get help, that is the devil lying to you. We were not meant to do life alone. When Adam was created in the garden, God said, it is not good that man be alone. He didn't say that because man needed some, somebody to hug up on. John thirteen thirty four, A new command, I give you, love one another as I has loved you, so you must love one another. Everyone say, love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, that if you love one another, three times in that verse, it says one another. I was talking to someone the other day, and this person said to me, "I am so strong for other people." And it it's so easy for me to help other people, but I can't help myself. Exactly. We need one another. If you are sitting in your seat, sitting at your house, and you're saying, "I can't do this anymore." You can't by yourself. I cannot do my life by myself. I cannot pastor this church by myself. I cannot be a good husband by myself. I need God. I need counselors. I need friends. Just like you. And the devil wants to isolate you. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 4, when Cain killed his brother Abel, His punishment was isolation. It's the worst punishment, is to be alone. And he was banished, the Bible says. And he says, I can't take that. Because we were made, created for relationship. There are 59 one another's in the Bible. There's like 20 of them that all say love one another. I want to read some of them to you because they're so, so powerful. Love one another. It says, "Be be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. I want you to imagine if we did this. I want you to imagine if we did this. Forget just coming to church. Imagine if we did what the Bible says. Stop passing judgment on one another. Please, for all you who judge, shut your mouth. It's wrong accept one another, instruct one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. When you come together, eat, wait for each other, have equal concern for one another, greet one another with a holy kiss, greet one another with a holy kiss. A lot of kisses in the Bible. Serve one another. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you'll be destroying each other. Let, us not become conceited, provoking, envying one another. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another. Be kind and compassionate with one another. Forgive one another. Submit to one another. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Do not lie to each other. Don't lie. How you doing? I'm doing fine. No, you're not. Let me pray for you. You don't need to tell me all your garbage. Just ask me to pray for you. You know, I went to Catholic school. One of the things that Catholic school taught me is don't lie. I, I even And, and even in my, all my days of not even walking with God, it was so hard for me. To, I am such a bad liar. People say, how you doing? Uh, you know, I, I couldn't say I'm doing great when I wasn't great. And if I didn't want to, I was like, uh, you know, hey, pray for me. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know people lie to me all the time? Christians lie to me all the time? Me, right in my face. I'll lie. When I hear non-Christians criticize Christians, I go, yeah. I get it. I get it. If we just live that, solve our problems. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Some of you hold a grudge against somebody. Let it go. Can you imagine if God held a grudge against you? Can you imagine if God forgave you like you forgive other people? You'd be in hell. Admonish one another, build each other up, encourage one another. We did a survey of the people in this community about the rock. People who don't come here, people who stop coming. And one of the comments was made about, and this is, particular, this campus was I came in and no one said hi to me. I sat down, no one said hi to me. I left, no one said hi to me. Broke my heart. I'm not the church. The building's not the church. We are the church. When y'all come here, all these people in here are your brothers and sisters, or prospective brothers and sisters. It's not an institution. It's not a a program. It's a family. But we got to act like it. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another. Spur one another onto love and good deeds. Encourage one another. Do not slander one another. You know that slander is the same as murder? And yet we could talk about people all day long. Do not grumble against each other. Whew. Confess your sins to one to another. You know, the, the Bible says you confess to God for forgiveness, you confess to each other for healing. James James 5.16. Confess your sins to one another, you may be healed. Pray for one another. Live in harmony with one another. Man, what would God do for that? My mother's turning 79 this year. And her kids live all over the world. And one birthday, we were all together, holding hands in a circle, getting ready to pray, and and she started crying. She said, this is all I want. I don't need any money. I don't need, and my mother don't have a lot of money. She so I just want this. When God looks at us, it's all he wants is us to get along. That's it. He says, if y'all can just love each other and love me, I'll be so happy because everything else will take care of itself. One of the things I love about this church is all different kinds of people that come here and who, we got rich, middle class, poor, white people, black people, Asian people, Hispanic people, and others. (laughs) I would be in the other category. You know what I'm saying? I just got all kind of stuff. I'm like Heinz, 57. (laughs) My grandfather's a black. I have a white grandmother, half black, half Chinese grandmother. And my black grandfather, one who's from Jamaica, he got his name from Scotland. Three Scottish brothers came from Scotland to Jamaica, West Indies, got jungle fever, which means they got a thing for black women. <laughs> Just telling you, telling, trying to be true, trying to keep it real, kind of keep it real. We got all kinds of people, wealthy, middle class, and poor, all in the same place at the same time. Only God can do that. Let's love each other. Let's reach out to each other. Let's look, let's look each other in the eye and say, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? Some of you have jobs to give. Some of you have jobs that you need. Some of you have encouragement to give. Some of you have encouragement you need. That's what this is for. This is not to hear me talk. I have a role, but that's it. There's so much ministry that can go on in here, between all of y'all and all your campuses. We have a lot of our staff down at San Isidro ministering to that family, ministering to that family, a church family, a uh, Will's family. That's how it's supposed to work. And come around each other. That's what this is for. It's for you to say, Lord, I need help. And that brings me to number four. The fourth guy carrying that paralytic said, we all need to go to Jesus. We all need to go to Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says, There is no, nor there is salvation in any other. For there is no name under heaven among men by which we may be saved. Someone wrote in, does your Christianity really work? Explain this to me. Does your Christianity really work? I work out to this uh, DVD called Body Beast, <laughs> trying to be a beast. <laughs> it's Beach Body series. They have all these these DVDs on exercise. I tried the P ninety X, but I, I like the Body Beast better. So this bodybuilder from Israel, just just giant guy. I always wanted to be really big, but I, I can never get that big. So, I, but I work out, you know, and. Before every workout, they have this advertisement for some vitamins. And the ladies, the music's playing. She says, exercise only works if you do it. (laughs) And then it says vitamins only work if you take them. But but every day I listen to that. And she says, exercise only works if you do it. You know, this only works if you do it. Sitting here is just a very small part of doing it. You are going to be burdened all your life because we live in a fallen world. You're going to be confronted with stuff, conflict, pain, all your life. But you have to do this. You have to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you not alone, I trust you in family. We have a life class we've been telling you to go to. I can't encourage you enough. Go to life class. Get in a small group. Surround yourself with people who will pray for you and talk to you and encourage you. 95%. I got this stat this morning. 95% of the people who come to counseling here at our church are not in a small group. Because when people come here for counseling, they say, are you in a small group? 95%. The people. doesn't mean if you go to a small group, you're not going to need counseling. However, you're going to have people in your life you can talk to. We cannot do this alone. And I want to encourage all of you today, number one, think about your relationship with God and how faithfully are you doing this. Are you taking advantage of the... Opportunities we have. Matter of fact, on our website, we have resources for you. If you're struggling with anything, uh, mental illness, taking your life, you know somebody, it's all on the website. You can get um, resources on what to do for yourself, what to do for somebody else, because this is a very real thing. But I want to encourage you there's so many of you out there potentially who are suffering silently and you feel like, I can't tell anybody. You can. You can. And we want to help you. In a minute, we're going to pray. In all the campuses, you're on that stretcher. You may be on that stretcher for multiple reasons. Emotional stress, mental stress, physical stress. You just feel distant from God. You have a spirit of fear. You've been just been fear, full of fear and loneliness, despair. Or you just say, you know what, I just need God in my life. I have emptiness. I need God in my life. I've been trying everything else, but it's not working. Let me tell you something. Nothing else is going to work because you were created for a relationship with God. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin drives us away from God in every form and fashion, this being one of them. And the only thing that can remove that sin between you and God and establish a relationship between you and God is confessing yourself a sinner to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I lay my life down at your feet please accept me as your child and God would say yes absolutely yes yes the devil's lying to you i love you i want to have a relationship with you i want to heal you i want to remove that old cr- crusty nasty identity that the, that the devil put in your head and show you that you are my loved child my loved son my loved daughter that's what i want this is what god wants and so in a minute we're going to pray and I want you to, I want you to be thinking about your life and saying, is this my chance to say, God, please deliver me? Walk off that stretcher like that guy in the, in the story. Walk off that stretcher. In other words, you've been, you've been suffering for so long and finally it's time to say goodbye. I don't need to do that anymore. I gave my life to Christ April 12th, 1984. Stopped doing cocaine that day. Stop smoking marijuana that day. Got rid of a whole bunch of garbage in my life that day. Why? Not because I'm strong and good and all. none of that. Because I was so weak and lost and helpless. But I gave it to Jesus. I gave it. He's the only one that can change your heart, your nature, who you are. But you gotta, you gotta do your part and come to Him. No temptation, no burden, no pain will ever overtake you. That's Too hard for you to handle, but not alone. You have to handle it with him. So right now on all the campuses, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to listen very carefully. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you.